Alright, Rabotai. Shabu'a Tov. Umevorach. Metiskudi Shanim Rabot. Neimot Vetovot. We hope our members had a uh, meaningful Shabu'ot. Uh, and we hope that we will have a productive year going forward. The purpose of uh, Matan Torah is to receive the Torah. And then once we receive it, we got to learn it. You know, a closed book doesn't benefit anybody. <clears throat> so therefore, today's the first day back into the new uh, fiscal year of Torah. So Be'ezat Hashem, we should have a good year, productive year, year of understanding, of revelations, of the uh, the true halakha, and all the way up to the sodot, the secrets of the Torah as well. You know, at this time every day, we're trying to take a uh, halakha and try to analyze it, take a question that's practical, that we think that our members, you know, would definitely have over the course of time, and try to see what the opinion of the Torah is. These questions uh, are usually asked by some of our members, or a situation arises, and as a result, uh, it gives us food for thought to analyze. So over the Hagim, a question came up, and we'd like to uh, analyze it today. <clears throat> One of uh, the family members was expecting, or is expecting, and uh, the question came up, if somebody asks them, you know, are you pregnant? Or are you expecting? You know, are they allowed to say uh, no? Meaning, are, are they allowed to hide their uh, their pregnancy? Or do you say, no, you're not allowed to lie. And if, if somebody asks, then you have to be uh, straightforward and come out with the truth. Or maybe a lady says, no, I don't, wanna, I don't, want, I don't want anybody to know yet. Is there a reason? Maybe she doesn't want anybody to know. Maybe there's a reason. She's scared. Or maybe there's Ainara. So uh, what is the uh, Hanhaga? What is the proper Jewish approach when it comes to uh, ladies uh, covering up their pregnancy until they're ready to announce, of course, but they're allowed to deny it and you know, say, no, 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 nothing, uh, I'm not uh, pregnant. How come you're throwing up every five minutes? Oh, something I ate, uh, maybe it's something, uh, you know, indigestion or something like that. How come you have a belly? Oh, I don't know, bloating, you know, give excuses until... Uh, so she can't anymore. Well, that, 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 is the, that is the question. So uh, it should be pointed out that this is not a new, a new phenomenon. Ladies trying to cover up their, their pregnancies. I found a interesting Taz. <clears throat> the Taz is in Hilchot Nida. In Yore de Asiman Kufpehe, the Taz is in Seif Katan Bet. Now, Let's just discuss what Shohan Aruch is talking about. Shohan Aruch over here is talking about a case where a lady establishes herself as a nida. How did she establish herself as a nida? For example, in the olden days, the nida would wear specific clothes in public. And when you would wear those clothes in public, it was clear that the lady is Nida, you know, that all the neighbors would know, oh, she must be Nida, she put on that, uh, that garment. And Maran writes, If she was established in Nida, you know, by her neighbors, 
Hamiuhadim lemen niduta. They see are wearing the uh, the nida clothes. Hashuva kevaday teme'a. She's considered vaday teme'a. That's it. Even if she tells her husband, no, I'm not teme'a, we don't believe her. Once she wears these clothes in public, she's considered <coughs> teme'a, even if she denies it, even if she says, no, I'm not teme'a. No, the fact that she put on these garments is the biggest proof that she is teme'a. That's the case of Shohan Aruch. The Taz brings down the following ma'aseh. Ma'aseh bi'isha achat sheyalda shalosh pa'amim b'chodesh shemini. There was a lady that she gave birth three times in the eighth month. So it seems that she had a miscarriage. Of course, the Gemara says that a baby uh, in the seventh month can live, in the ninth month can live, but a baby in the eighth month cannot live. So it seems that she had three miscarriages, late miscarriages. She was worried that it was the Ayin Interesting, Rabotai. So you see there's an Inyan of Ayin you know, ladies see that another lady's pregnant. They put the, uh, you know, maybe she wants to be pregnant and she's not. Maybe she has a daughter that uh, is not pregnant. So she sees somebody else pregnant. They put the, uh, you know, they put the zami on them. They put the whammy. They put the aynara on them. And she didn't want to have this aynara. So what happens? beta <laughs> So she wanted to cover up her pregnancy. She didn't want anybody to know. And her husband agreed. So basically, uh, <clears throat> she made a deal with her husband that when she becomes pregnant, she's going to say, even though she's really not. She's just doing it to cover it up so nobody uh, will uh, will know anything. So she'll say, but the husband will know that she's really not Tema'a, it's just a cover-up. So they asked this question to the Ramah, Is the husband allowed to be with her? After all, she said Tema'a'ani. And normally once a lady says Tema'a'ani, it's Tema'a. But the Ramah said, Mutab. Uh, again, over here, the logic is because they already spoke about it before anything happened. So the husband knew that this Tema'ani is just an excuse so she can cover up her, her pregnancy. And therefore, uh, he, he felt that it was no problem. My point in showing you this uh, Taz over here, Rabotai, is that you saw already from the times of the Ramah, 500 years ago, there were ladies that were concerned about uh, Aynara. Now, is it something they should be concerned about? I found an earlier source. Oh, first I have to pick up the Sefer. Not enough room on the table here. I found an earlier uh, source that we learned already that a lady once gave Ainara to another lady in the Torah, and as a result, she had a miscarriage. Anybody know the story? Again, a lady who gave. What is that? Sarah Imenu is the correct answer. Who did she give the Ainara to? To Hagar, yes, absolutely right. Two points from Mr. Dagmi. So again, the pasuk over here is in Tetzayin, Perek Tetzayin, pasuk He. But Tomer Sarayil Avram, Saray tells Avram, Hamasi Alecha, I'm angry at you. Anochi natati shifhati behaychecha. I gave you my shifha to be married to you, Hagar. 
And now she sees that she got pregnant. She's, she's mistreating me. She thinks she's a big shot. She got pregnant and now she, she treats me lightly. So that she comes along and says on the Pasuk, Beni Ubenecha. Shechnisa ayin hara be'ibura shel Hagar. Okay, she got angry at Hagar. She put the ayin hara on her. And what happened? Ve'pila ubara, and she had a miscarriage. So everybody thinks that Yishmael was the, uh, you know, was the first uh, was the first born. Well, maybe he was the first born, but she had a miscarriage beforehand, Hagar. And how does Rashi notice? Shemalach omer le Hagar hinach hara. The angel will tell Hagar, "Behold, you are pregnant." She was pregnant already. First pregnancy she lost. The first baby she lost. <clears throat> so you see that what? There is definitely a yan of Ainara that's possible. You see in the times of the Taz, the ladies were trying to make all sorts of, uh, you know, uh, uh, tricks in order to cover it up from their neighbors. You see that Hagar got the Ayin Aran, as a result, she got a miscarriage. So the question is, would it be permissible for a lady uh, to uh, to cover it up? Again, this is the case, she's lying. Now, before we give the uh, solution to this, I'd like to read you something that's very, very significant. It was written by the Hazon Ish. The Hazon Ish is in his famous sefer called Emunah B'Tachon. It's in Perek Dalet Halakha Yud Gimal. Let this be a lesson in itself. Remove it from what we're talking about. This is a standalone lesson. It probably deserves its own series. It's such an important lesson. Azunish is talking about the concept of being honest. Not necessarily honest in business. Just speaking the truth. That whatever comes out of a person's mouth should be emit. That if you if you measure the words that came out, they should be <coughs> truthful words. Veda'ui you know, you want to measure words, their value, you put it on the scale. The measuring of words is, is it emet or is it sheker? Hachamim are very careful that the words that come out of a person's mouth are emet. The loss of people that speak Sheker is great. A very important point. Anytime a person speaks words that are inaccurate, that's called Sheker. Sheker. And why is Sheker? What's the, 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 the deficiency of Sheker? Interesting. We always thought when we were young, you know why lying is no good? Because you're tricking somebody. You're lying because you're using the lie to cheat against somebody. The lie is no good because uh, you're able to make money because you lied. He says, no, no, that, 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 that's one form of lying. But he says, That's one type of lie where you're using it to trick your friend. It doesn't cause any loss. There's no, he's just telling a story. A guy might say to himself, I'm telling a story, so 
Why does accuracy mean anything if I'm telling the story? What's the difference if I say uh, it was 10 years ago and it was already, it was 22 years ago? It's a difference. I'm telling the story 10 years ago. I was on a Tuesday, okay, I was on a Wednesday. Big deal. I'm not causing a guy loss. I'm telling a story. So the Hazanish says, no. Even where the words that come out of a person's mouth have no, you know, a, a ramification in dinema monot, beshem sheker yichune. That's called sheker. So you can have a person that never lied for monetary gain in his life, never lied, meaning on a business deal, and he has, let's say, a reputation in business as an honest man. But he might be considered, in God's book, a shakran. Because he just lies, you know, he just tells lies that have no, you know, monetary ramification nonetheless. It's considered avon ha-sheker. Here's why I'm bringing the Hazunish. <coughs> he quotes the Gemara Baba Metziah, it's famous, Dafchav Gimal Amud Bet. Bahani telat mile avidi rabbanan de meshanu bimilayu. The Gemara says that there's three cases <coughs> where the Torah allows Tamidah Chamim to change from the truth. In three areas, they don't have to be honest. They could, uh, we'll call it a white lie, and the Torah allows it. And uh, one of them is, for example, Masikta. Masikta is if somebody comes along to the rabbi and says, Oh, rabbi, did you learn this uh, Masikhet? You're allowed to say, No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't remember learning it. That's it. You can be humble. You don't have to say, Oh, yeah, I learned it. I'm a Baki. Ask me any question. I know the whole thing about it. Masikta. You're able to play down your, uh, your, your knowledge. That's Tsini'ut. Uh, or let's say the Gemara has a case, Mepuria. Bipuria is uh, that he, he he can hide uh, that he that if, if he had tashmish or not, he doesn't have to reveal if he had tashmish or not. That would be considered, uh, <clears throat> you know, not uh, not sanua. The Gemara says bipuria. You know, they ask him, Rabbi, uh, uh, you were late uh, today. I uh, must be. You went to the mikveh. You had tashmish last night. Uh, that's a student. That's a rasha that asked such a question anyway. But the point is, the Rav can say, no, 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 I had a flat tire. I had to go fix the, the, the tire, nothing to do with the mikveh. Meaning he could lie on that case, because it's in the out, you don't have to... <clears throat> so Hazunish says, Hine In these three cases, the third case is, uh, he's allowed to lie where um, where he slept, where he... Because if he's going to say where he slept, everybody's going to go there and, 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 and they're going to take the guy, um, you know, uh, they're going to take advantage of the guy's hospitality. So he, he could say, you don't have to say where he slept. The point is, in those cases, the Hazunish says the reason why the Gemara allows a person to tell a lie, because in these cases, telling the truth would be a genai. Telling the truth would be, you know, being shameful. But in other things, by the way, when they ask the rabbi, what, did you learn this masechet? No one's losing money, whatever he answers. If he says, I learned it or I didn't learn it, there's no, there's no loss of money over here. That's the type of lie that you'd say, eh, big deal, what's the difference if he says he learned it or didn't learn it? Thinking, but I say, in such a case, you're allowed to lie. But in other cases, even if it's a mabekach, <clears throat> you're not allowed. Even though you're not causing a, a, a loss. So we go back to our question over here. You have this lady, <coughs> you know, they ask her, oh, 
by any chance, uh, are you expecting? And she comes along and says, no. she doesn't want the Ayn the people. You know, she doesn't want <coughs> people to know until there's no choice. <coughs> would that be considered shikir? And therefore, we would tell her, no, you got to be honest. If somebody asks you, you got to say, listen, you know, I wasn't going to tell you, but now that you said it, you know. Uh... So, Shohan Aruch in Hoshe Mishpat. <coughs> so Shohan Aruk also gives us different situations over here where it's mutal shaker, where a person is going to lose a lot of money or a person, not that he's tricking somebody, that if he doesn't lie, he's going to lose a lot of money. The guy's going to take him for a lot of money. Or uh, it's going to cause him a big loss. Or it'll cause a damage to his body. So therefore, in this case, if she's worried about Aynara, Aynara is a reality. So therefore, since Aynara is a reality, and she's worried about the, the safety of the baby, that would be considered a legal reason in order to be Meshaker. Not only that, but like we learned in the other cases, and things are not Sanua. Maybe it's not Sanuafat to say, yeah, I'm pregnant. It's a private uh, private item. We said that Tamin Akam is allowed to lie in areas that uh, shouldn't be uh, publicized. So therefore, in this case, there would be no problem for her to cover it up. The only issue is there's a concern of um, which means you don't want to say something because then it might happen. So if a lady says, oh, I'm not pregnant, so by saying I'm not pregnant, uh, that can come true that she won't be pregnant. satan. So the solution then in that case is like uh, some of the ladies, uh, they don't answer, but they they keep quiet, they smile, and then the person understands on their own uh, what, what what the answer is. But again, that's if she's worried about altiftahpeh. But if she wants to make it clear because she doesn't want the ayinara, she's worried that this person, if she knows, is going to give the ayinara. Then she'd be allowed to say, "No, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not pregnant." Again, this would be with stamp people, of course. Um, when it comes to parents, there's no reason to lie. The parents are not going to give them ainara, and the husband and the things like that. There's only talking about when it comes to friends. So that's the first uh, discussion we have over here. Be mutar for a lady <clears throat> in the case that she's concerned about the ainara to do all sorts of. Uh, you know, covering it up, even if it means that she has to uh, deny it. The next question we had, once we got on this topic, was a question that was asked by one of the members around the table. What does Dalakha say <clears throat> for a pregnant lady finding out what the gender of the child is? What's the, uh, you know, what, what is the Torah's opinion on that? You see, it's very common today. <clears throat> you can go to the uh, doctor. I don't know, after maybe the third month or whatever it is, and they take an ultrasound. And then the doctor usually uh, gives an option to the parents. You want to know what it is. Now, it's not always 100% uh, sure. There have been some surprises. But more or less, they could you know, see it. They, uh, they could tell you what it is. So is there any, uh, any issue with that? You know, somebody asked the rabbi, Rabbi, <clears throat> I'm going to go today to the doctor. Uh, they're going to ask me if I want to... Uh, is there any anything I should be concerned that I should not want to know? Is there anything that stops me from wanting to know this? What does the Torah have to say about this? 
<coughs> so somebody will say, well, maybe it's tamim tiyeh mashem elohecha. Tamim tiyeh, you have to be tamim with the Kadosh Baruch Hu, and you know, Hashem created the world uh, in a certain way, and this is not known to you, so to go find something that's not known, maybe you're uh, breaking the rule of tamim tiyeh im Hashem elohecha. But I don't know if that's... Um, <coughs> huh? Oh, I like that proof. Which means, or, or you could say, <clears throat> unless you get a, a, a Ruach HaKodesh to know about it, otherwise, you know, you can't know it through Derech HaTeba. All those cases that you brought, they were either Malachim or Shem Ever was Ruach HaKodesh. So you're right, when God wants to reveal it through a supernatural way, fine. But for you to go now use uh, technology to, to get a synthetic prophet and synthetic uh, Ruach HaKodesh, Maybe uh, maybe that's not uh, maybe that's not uh, accepted. You know, again, she didn't go look for the she didn't look for the gender. The gender came to her. Sarah didn't ask what the gender was. It came to her. Uh, here we're going to ask for the gender. So there's a difference in the case as well. You know, she didn't control that. The angel came to you having a baby boy. Okay, I didn't ask. You told me. You told me. You told me. Over here, God made you pregnant. That's it. God didn't tell you what it is. You're going out to the doctor and saying, oh, do the sonogram, and I want to see the picture, and I want to, you know, circle it so I can show everybody. So that already is a question to go seek such uh, such knowledge. Uh, so I found a Midrash Rabotai. The Midrash is a Midrash Rabbah. It's um, Midrash Rabbah Parashah Samichet. It's also in Kohelet. Perik Yud Aleph Siman He. Very interesting Midrash. <coughs> the Midrash goes like this. Shiv'a devarim mechusim adam. There's seven things that a Kadosh Baruch Hu on purpose hid from Bnei Adam. He, he, he conceals it. Ve'eluhen. Yom Hamita. Nobody knows the day they're going to die. Remember we learned about David Melech? He wanted to know the day that everybody was going to die. And Borei Olam says, I can't tell you, you know, the day. I can tell you the day of the week. So he told him you're going to die on a Shabbat. But he didn't tell him what Shabbat he was going to die on. But he gave him the day of the week. That, that's as much information you can get. Yom Amita, I guess maybe the reason why they don't tell you Yom Amita, because if a guy knows that he's going to die in 45 years, so it's okay, you know, I'll, 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 I'll settle down in 30 years from now. You know, let me fool around for 30 years. The last 15 years, I'll make the shuvah, put on a black hat, I'll grow a beard, I'll start, to, you know, <clears throat> behaving. So they don't want a guy to know when the end is, because then already he can, it can cause him to, you know, not to behave until that time. But if a person doesn't know when his end is, so he's always worried, has uh, shalom. So therefore he's always uh, prepared. You know, because it... You know, the guy who doesn't know when he's going to die, his clothes are always white. Because he doesn't know when he's going to be summoned, so he wants to make sure that his clothes are white. So that's the first one. The Yom Nehama. Yom Nehama is, I guess, the day of consolation. That's when uh, maybe Mashiach is going to come. The Yom Kadin. We don't know the uh, the depth of judgment. The En Adam Yodaya Bemahu Mishtaker. We don't know the reward that he's going to get. 
בן אדם יודע מה בליבו של חברו. That's also true. Nobody knows what his friend is thinking. You don't know that. God, God concealed that. Uh, your friend can come along and say, Oh, it's great to see you. How you doing? I miss you. And meanwhile, his heart is thinking, Oh, this guy can't stand him. Uh, you know, I, wish, uh, I wish I didn't meet him today. You know, nobody knows what a guy's thinking in his heart. That's something that God uh, concealed. We don't know when the, the kingdom is going to fall. The kingdom of the Guin, when it's going to fall. And the last thing it says is, Okay, Oh, and we don't know We don't know what's inside the womb of a uh, of a lady. Oh, so you see over here that uh, all these things. Obviously, there's a reason. These seven items. There's a reason, like I explained to you over here. Now. Uh, there has to be a reason why God doesn't want you to know. Maybe the reason is because, let's say, uh, they, were, they were shooting for a boy. And all of a sudden, it's a girl. So now for the next nine months, they're bitzahar, and they have uh, yagon. So God doesn't want you to know that, so you'll be biyagon. Or, or the opposite. If they wanted a boy, and they're told that it's a boy, they're not going to be bismha uh, the whole pregnancy, because they know it already. And when the baby's born, they're not going to have the hitla havut. You know, when the baby is born, you make a baracha. Shehayanu atov They're not going to be so happy to make the... Could uh, Hashem want you to have the anticipation to what it's going to be, so when it finally happens and you're surprised, you have a joy. And He doesn't want you to know something that you wouldn't want for nine months. Why should you be bitzad? Who For all we know, maybe the tzad that the lady has during the night can affect the baby. You know, if they told them, oh, uh, you're having a girl. Oh, now for nine months she's because she didn't want a girl. Maybe that sadness of the lady will affect the baby. So therefore, the, uh, uh, there must be a reason for this. So therefore, the uh, Chaorah, according to uh, this Midrash, it sounds like it would not be uh, such a uh, good thing if Hashem hit it. Now, we can't say halakha from a midrash. I'm well aware of that. It's a midrash. We don't say asur. But you see that uh, the, the, the opinion of the Torah was to keep this item, uh, to, to keep it hidden. Unless you have a reason. Uh, listen, if you have a reason, what would be the reason? Uh, let's say you need to prepare a brit milah under certain circumstances. You need to know. For whatever reason, you need to know. Because you need to prepare a, a big meal or something like that. Then okay, we're not going to say it's asud. Or let's say there's shalom by it. Uh, or you have some people that, uh, you know, uh, they have shalom by with the names, where they can name the baby. And they need to discuss it, so they want to know what it is. Again, if there's a need, then already we could be mekel. Uh, again, not because they want to know, should we, should we do the room with pink wallpaper or blue wallpaper? That's not a, you know, I don't think that's a sorek that's, that's enough, you know. Should we get the uh, the blue uh, uh, layette or the pink layette? That you could do when the baby's born. Yeah, to know that the pink crib, or, you know, we, they want to order the stuff on Amazon already, and uh, they want to know, should it go pink or blue? So they want to do that now. Uh, that's convenience. Uh, again, if it's going to cost Shalom, buy it. I don't think it'll be a problem uh, anyway. However, when I came to the, so again, if somebody asked me, Rabbi, should I go, sh- should I go find out what it is? My question to them would be, why do you want to know? No, curious George. I'm just curious. No, uh, no reason. A curious George? No, 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 don't, don't find out. What do you need to find out for? 
No, my wife is making me crazy. She wants to know. She's, you know, very, very perfectionist. She has to know the brit milah. She has to know the pair. She wants to buy a dress. And uh, the whole story over there. Look, the lady's talk. <clears throat> okay. It's already affecting your shalom buyer. Uh, we would say that uh, it would be okay. The question we have today is, is the following. And this is a, uh, a very, very interesting question. There is a law that we know Kohanim are not allowed to be Mekabel Tum'ah. You've heard of that uh, law, I'm sure. <clears throat> a Kohen cannot go into a cemetery, a Kohen cannot come in uh, contact with a corpse. That's the rule over here. So now we have a question over here. Let's say you have Eshet Kohen. That's a lady that's married to a Kohen. And she's Eshet Kohen, and she's pregnant. Can an Eshet Kohen pregnant walk into Ohel Hamet? Let's give the simple case. Can a pregnant lady, Eshet Kohen, go to a funeral? Simple question. Simple as that. What's the question? Well, she has in her womb a Kohen. And the Torah comes along and says that the laws of Tumah not only applies to Gedolim, but the laws of Tumah applies also to Ketanim. Emor ve'amarta. The Hazir Gedolim ala Ketanim. And the Hakamim come along and say <coughs> that the Gedolim are not allowed to metameh the Ketanim. So Lakara, she's pregnant. She's going to go into the Ohel Amit. Now she doesn't have to worry because there's no law of Tumah by ladies. So we're not worried about her becoming Tame'ah, because the Torah says, Emor ela kohanim aharon, velo benot aharon. So we're not worried about ladies receiving Tum'ah. However, the baby inside of her <coughs> is a Kohen. And if the baby inside of her is a Kohen, she should not be allowed to go into a Ohil Hamet. What is the law? That is the question. Rabotai, you understand the question? Okay, uh, I'm assuming that the silence means that you understood the question. So, we will... Huh? Okay, so the Mishnah... Unless it's a girl, unless it's a, a girl. If it's a girl, it's no problem. Hazak Ubaruch. Hazak, who's, I can't see who's talking. Who is that? My mind? Uncle Jeffrey. Uncle Jeffrey, beautiful. Jeffrey. Great question. Great question. Unless it's a girl. So in the car, beautiful. So look what the Mishnah Berurah says. The Mishnah Berurah in Shin Mem Gimal, <coughs> or Hayim, in Seif Katan, uh, I guess it's Aleph, it's a bit, a bit, it's a big one. At the end he writes like this. Umikol makom, eshet kohen, me'uberet, shekarbu yamea laledet, she's pregnant, she's about to give birth. It's muteret. She's allowed to go into oil amet. Even though you know she's going to give birth, which means the doctors say if you're going to go to that funeral, you're going to give birth at the funeral. So she's going to cause the baby to become tameh. Says the Mishnah Brurah. Why? Because you have what's called a safek sefeka, a double safek. What's a double safek? Like Uncle Jeffrey said, maybe it's going to be a nekeva. 
maybe it's going to be a miscarriage. So therefore, you have what's called sefik, sefika, a double sefik. Number one, sefik If it's nekeva, there's no problem. It'll be a zakhar. Maybe it's going to be a miscarriage. So therefore, since we have a sefik, sefika, it allows the lady to go into the, um, into the, into the place of Tum'ah, even though she is eshet kohen. That is the Mishnah Bruraz Hiddush. We rely on what's called Sefek Sefeka. Comes the Magen Abraham. And the Magen Abraham says, What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Sefek Sefeka? There's no Tum'ah when the item is in your stomach. That's called Tum'ah Bilwa'ah. When the, when the baby's in the stomach, there's no Tum'ah Biklal. Even if you knew it was a boy, it's not going to affect it. It's Tum'ah Bilwa'ah. He gives the classic Mishnah. The Mishnah says, If a person swallowed two rings, one ring was Tameh, and the other ring was Tahor. In the stomach, we don't say the Tameh ring is going to be metameh, the Tahor ring, because it's considered Tum'ah Bilu'ah. So the Magen Abraham says, the reason why it's permissible for the lady to go into the, uh, into the, into the cemetery or into the, bit, uh, into the house of the, um, of the Tum'ah is because of the deen of Tum'ah Bilu'ah. Oh, so now we come to the question. We come to the million dollar question. According to the Mishnah Barah that says Safik Sifika, we have a general rule. The general rule is if you could solve the Safik Sifika, you cannot rely on it. Safik is because you have a doubt. But if you could solve that doubt, then you cannot be lenient on it. I'll give you an example. There's a law that says, now we finished, uh, uh, well, this is an old one. Uh, from the second day of Pesach, you're allowed to eat all the new, uh, all, all, all the product on the, on the, um, yes, yes. Yes. all the product that's in the supermarkets, the wheat products are permissible. On the second day of Pesach, everything turns yashan. Beautiful. Therefore, you can buy any item. When does the problem of Hadash start again? Well, once they start to uh, plant new stuff after the second day of Pesach, so you have to wait for next Pesach to material that stuff. That's called Hadash. So therefore, <clears throat> we're always worried that uh, when we're buying product, you have to know when was this product planted? When was this product rooted? If it was rooted before the second day of Pesach, once the second day of Pesach comes, it's mutar. But if it was rooted after the second day of Pesach, you have a problem. You have to wait till the next Pesach to be material. That's the laws of Hadash and Yashan. So, there was a big leniency in this Hadash and Yashan law. The leniency was we were always relying on a Safik Safika. What was a Safik Safika? When you went to buy spaghetti in the store, you, did you know when it was rooted? Did you know when it was planted? We didn't know nothing. You're buying your spaghetti. How are you supposed to know when it's rooted, when it's planted? So therefore they were lenient. They said, just eat it because you have Safik Safika. Meaning, Safik, maybe it was planted um, before uh, 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 before uh, 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 Pesach, and it was rooted before Pesach, and therefore you have which maybe right, maybe it was rooted before Pesach, and therefore this Pesach was uh, uh, matir. And even if it was not, even if it was not rooted, or or, or... no no that's that's that, that, that's that, that, that's another one that's 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 uh, you have a shafik nishnash. 
ספק נשלש, ספק נזרע, ספק לא נזרע, ואפילו נזרע, ספק נשלש, ספק לא נשלש. בעצם היה לספק ספקה, תמתיר חדש וישן. However, today we don't have a ספק ספקה anymore, because we have the codes. The codes tell us exactly when the item was planted, when it was rooted. So you cannot rely, have a ספק, you have no ספק anymore. Go look at the codes, it says 73621, there's a book, you look at the book, 73621, it tells you, oh, this ranzoni spaghetti was planted on this date, so you'll know for sure if it's Hadash or Yashan or not. The older they did have codes, so you can rely on a ספק ספק, oh, maybe it was planted before, maybe it was rooted before, but today, we don't have ספק ספק because you have the, the codes, so you can't rely on it. So I'm telling you today, maybe Eshet Kohen, Today that we have sonograms, so maybe she must check what she's going to have because once she finds out she's having a boy, now already she's not allowed to become quite uh, a Mishnah, but you don't have a Sefik anymore. The whole Sefik was what? Sefik, it's a boy, Sefik, it's a girl. And even if you tell me it's a girl, maybe it'll be a boy, it'll be a miscarriage. I don't have a Sefik anymore. There's no Sefik boy, Sefik girl. Go take a sonogram. Now the lady will know for sure it's a boy. Now the Chaurat, she should be forbidden to go into oil amet, according to the Mishnah Brurah. So the question really is, does an Eshet Kohen have an obligation to take the sonogram? When it comes to a regular lady, we said, no, she doesn't. But maybe Eshet Kohen, in order to solve the problem of Tumah, she should have an obligation to take the, uh, uh, the sonogram or not. Or we might be able to say that, listen, once the Torah hit it, Maybe the Torah hid it for everybody, and therefore even the Eshet Kohen, we're not going to have an obligation. Torah hid it, like we saw in the Midrash, and therefore there's not going to be a... Uh, you know, sometimes they say if it's difficult to do it, you don't have to uh, solve the suffix if it's difficult to do it. But this is not difficult, because she's going to the doctor anyway. She's taking the sonogram anyway, so you can't say it's a Tadha, but maybe we'll say that... I mean, it'll be a big Hidush to say that we're going to now say that every Eshet Kohen should go check the... Uh, the gender, so you won't have a problem of uh, Tum'ah. We haven't seen that. But I will point out, Abotai, that clearly it is permissible for an Eshet Kohen to go to the hospital when she's about to give birth. Even though in the hospital there's metim. Uh, you know, we know that already. Uh, in all the hospitals there's morgues. People are dying. So Lechaurah, maybe you should tell me that an Eshet Kohen, when she's about to give birth, she should not be able to go to the hospital. Especially if she knows she's having a boy. Lechaurah, how could she go to the hospital? She's going to cause that boy Kohen to become Tameh. There we say already it's pikuach nefesh. And pikuach nefesh is the tum'ah. Especially the tum'ah in the hospital that's going from room to room is only tum'ah that are banan. So therefore, for sure, an Eshet Kohen should not have to be concerned to delay going to the hospital. That's pikuach nefesh. We're not going to say, well, you're having a baby boy and therefore, you know, sorry, give birth in the taxi. No way. That doesn't make the lady, uh, she'll get into more sakana because it's mental sakana. So therefore, let's go, let's just review the halakot that came out today, the botai. It's interesting halakot. Halakha number one, we said it's okay for a lady to hide her pregnancy and it's not considered lying. And therefore, even if she wants to uh, you know, say that no, she's not pregnant for whatever, because she's worried about Ainara, whatever reason is, we saw precedent and therefore we said it's okay. When it came to the second halakha, we were talking about uh, is a lady allowed to find out what the gender is? Listen, it's a midrash that says it was kept secret for a reason. Again, we can't say it's a suit if she has a reason that she wants to know it's a significant reason that Chaurat should be okay. Uh, then we discussed, would it be mandated that an Eshet Kohen must ask? Because an Eshet Kohen, the Chaurat, she has an issue of Tum'ah as well. 
Again, we haven't seen any post scheme that said Ishkren has to t- take this ultra stop to find out. Maybe we say, listen, if Hashem wanted it to be hidden, she wanted it to be hidden from her as well. And the Torah does not mandate any lady, not, not a Yisrael, not a Ishit Kuen, uh, to check it out. And for sure, even if she knows she's having a baby boy, we said it would be permissible for her to go to the hospital and she doesn't have to worry about uh, uh, Tumah. But I will tell you, her husband, who's the Kuen that's going to visit her, has to be worried about Tumah which is another discussion that when Kohanim go visit their wives in the hospital, I think in Maimonides they have a, a, a light in the hospital that's lit when there's a, a, a body that somebody died. So the Kohanim know not to go into the hospital or not. But, and then they have to close the doors and make sure the Tum'ah doesn't go if he's in the hospital already. So they do have that concern in the religious hospitals, you know, to be concerned about the Tum'ah. But the lady herself, even though she's Eshet Kohen, would not have to be worried about uh, going into a hospital, even though she's going to give birth to a boy, and we don't believe that she's going to be obligated to take an ultrasound, especially the Magen Abraham says there's no Tum'ah Bechlal because it's Tum'ah uh, uh, Bilu'ah, and even according to the Mishnah Bura, uh, we're not going to say that she's, uh, she, has a, uh, she has an issue as well. Okay, Rabotai, any questions on these halakhot? Rabbi, would there be a leniency uh, in the case of a person in Shalom or Shalom Bayit? To, 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 to find out the gender? No, l- l- for lying. Yeah, that, we wouldn't make, make it a habit of it, as Sifra Hasidim says, but yes. You know, that, that, that's the guy that he but, called... He called he saw it by that, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu changed not to get uh, Sarah in trouble with Abraham. Right? Vaduni Zakan, Vani Zakanti. We saw that in the... There was a there was a, a, a sofa that came to the guy's house to check the mezuzot. He checked all the mezuzot, and he said, uh, "I have bad news to tell you." So what's the matter? All the mezuzot, Baruch Hashem, are uh, uh, kosher, but the one in your bedroom, that mezuzah, it was blank. There was nothing in it, but uh, no problem. I, I put uh, I put a good mezuzah in it. What'd you do that for? So what am I gonna do that for? Don't you want to have a kosher mezuzah? He said, "That's the mezuzah I swear to my wife on." <laughs> it's an empty mezuzah. She says, put your hand on the mezuzah. No problem. He puts his hand on the mezuzah. I swear to God, I swear on the mezuzah. Okay. Listen, you shouldn't get into the habit of lying to your wife, uh, Rabotai. But in the case, of course, where for Shalom Bayit, the halakhat does say, it's mutal le Shalom Bayit. Rabbi, is there a difference between a Kohenet that married a Kohen that's pregnant versus a Yisraelite who married a Kohenet? That's holding a baby. The, the, the main thing is, is, is that she's married to a Kohen. That's the main thing. Doesn't matter if it's Eshet Kohen, meaning she's Kohenet herself, or Bat Yisrael married to a Kohen. The main thing is she's the wife of a Kohen. Because, uh, Jonathan, what makes the baby a Kohen is the husband. Yeah, but maybe the status of that. There's no status by a lady. There's no status of Tumah by a lady. Kohenet. There's no status. What makes a Kohen a Kohen is the father. Good. Should a lady Kohenet seek out a hospital that has less Jews? Right, let her go to a non-Jewish hospital. Again, I think that the main thing they're going to tell her is seek the best doctor that you're comfortable with. And then they're going to tell you worry about this after. They're not going to make a lady... Uh, concerned about this issue over, uh, more important than the doctor that she's comfortable with. So I would not uh, I would not say that. No. 
And, and again, if you're in New York, every hospital in New York has uh, Jewish people and has metim in it. It's the husband that's going to have to worry. Yes, definitely, if you're a Kohen, you have to know when you go into a hospital, even if you're not going into the critical hospital shalom unit, you're going just to visit a, you know, a sick person, you have to know exactly uh, what's going to be with the Tuma in that, uh, in that hospital. No question about it. All right, Abotai, beautiful learning. We'll continue uh, another case tomorrow. Zaka Baruch. Thank you, Beautiful, Shabbat